1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs>
0: wrestling can just be the best. Can it not? I mean, sometimes you sit down to watch a wrestling show and you think to yourself, wouldn't it be great if we had 32,756 surprises? And then you get it. So my name is Simon What culture? Thank you very much for joining me as always. And we did just have an episode of AEW Dynamite where I think Tony Khan went, let's just do everything. So everything we did, let's up those doubts. The opening of Dynamite this week was tied into the brand new Game of Thrones show and that was just cool for some reason. I don't even know when CM Punk also walked out to start things off. This guy is fantastic. He also went totally in a direction I wasn't expecting because the first thing he did was call out Hangman Adam Page and say let's have a rematch right now. But when the cowboy didn't show, Punk was all like, oh man, everybody wants to be the champ. But nobody wants to do champ shib. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's insulting the hangman's catchphrase. It's also just a very antagonistic thing to say. And then he turned his attention to John Moxley and he said, Okay, look, Mox may be number one in your hearts, but he's number two in the ring. In fact, he's always been number two. And in his own group, he's not even the best. And in his original group, He was the third best, and yes, he was talking about the Shield. They went after everyone, including Eddie Kingston, where he said he's only the second best Kingston I shared a locker room with, and I was like, oh my God, that's a Kofi reference, and he finished it off by saying, when we get to Chicago, it's not going to be the first John I beat for a championship. I'm not going to explain that reference to you because I know you already know. Things just kept getting better and better, especially when John Moxley interrupted because Punk was all like, ah, this guy takes forever to get to the ring. I'm going to lay down and start doing snow angels. Now do not get me wrong, Punk did get some booze here, but I think he was going after booze. I mean, he was basically a bit of a heel. Mox looked like he was going to explode and went straight in by saying, Punk, you're writing checks with your mouth that your body can't cash, referencing the injury he had just suffered, And that CM Punk is nothing. He then said that his championship and Punk's championship means nothing until they actually decided in a match. <laughs> they were just saying, oh, Moxie's the heart and soul. And Punk was all like, oh, yeah, well, I'm the dollars and cents. I mean, this just kept escalating. It was like the Dark night. Moxley was ready to go right here, right now, but Punk was like, we better not do that because you're just going to bleed everywhere as always. And this was too much. They did get into this brawl. And even though a bunch of officials ran to the ring and tried to separate them, they just weren't able to do it. And honestly, in around about 10 minutes, AEW and Punk and Moxley made this a must-see feud. All of this was fantastic. The kind of villain CM Punk is also the best. John Moxley just exists in his own universe. So I now can't wait for this. Especially because there's more surprises later. Right to another feud after this. Because we were backstage with powerhouse Will Hobbs. Who was basically like, listen. I don't like Ricky Starks. Because he said he didn't mind losing. Well, I mind losing. And also the factory. I'm going to have an answer for you soon. Or stay out of my way. thing is, we didn't get any fallout from this. But still. Powerhouse Hobbs has embraced this new role and if he continues to do what he is doing, he's going to be a megastar. Joy then filled my heart because Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was on Dynamite as the guest timekeeper. And I tell you, if I could cross everything and make something come true, it was that Ricky came back to the ring and had a Sting-type-like comeback. I don't think it's going to happen. Chris Jericho also joined commentary because it was time for Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson in the two-out-of-three falls match. Honestly, this is just what I'm going to do. Give them a massive round of applause this was naps the real genius is if somebody ran in here right now with a gun and was like simon what do you think was going to happen in this match i would have said well daniel garcia wins the first fall and then brian danielson wins the second and the third fall but overall they just kick each other's ass so much you're like oh my gosh these guys are great wrestlers and that is exactly what happened but even though you knew this Did it take away from it? No, it did not. It was proper wrestling wrestling at first until Garcia slapped Danielson, and this to say, I am in control now. But this is when Bryan came back with the yes kicks and the knee in the corner, and Garcia came back with a Frankenstein and a cradle, that guy. He was then hitting these butterfly suplexes that were prettier than a picture, and Danielson was doing the same thing with the regalplex, when they brawled to the outside Danielson was dropped onto the floor with a damn suplex and I was freaking out because I was like, oh no, his neck. Somehow they just kept reversing everything too, including Daniel Garcia getting out of a pile driver. And this is when he applied the dragon sleeper, which was very fitting for this evening. And because Brian couldn't breathe, he basically went out. The referee had to call it. Daniel Garcia just went one to nothing. Brian sold this like he was dead as well. So during the commercial, Garcia just went up to him and slapped him around for a while. And I tell you this it was very clear that Brian Danielson wanted to put this guy over like crazy. This little section was kind of brutal. He even busted Brian open when he gave him a DDT into the concrete. So once again, I was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs> this man had to retire. And we even teased a little bit of a count out here. But instead, when they got back in the ring, Garcia went for the dragon sleeper again. And out of sure desperation, Danielson hit the most devastating move with all sports entertainment. The surprise roll-up or the surprise cradle here. And he was able to make it one-to-one. But again, he may have just been victorious. But it was Garcia that was coming across like the winner. The back and forth continued and by this stage Danielson had gone nuts. And he was just ramming Daniel into the ring post over and over again. Which actually teased that like maybe both guys would have been counted out. But they got back in the ring. <laughs> and then of course Garcia was also busted open. They then just opened up on each other with the fans going crazy. And by the time Garcia locked in the sharpshooter. Which I believe he called the Dragon Tamer. Which is a name we absolutely should keep. Brian Danielson was able to reverse that into the label lock, and I just shook my head. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Some of the shots at the end of this were horrendous too, and the reversals, it was like people backtracking on Twitter. And while Brian was able to lock in a triangle, Garcia tried to get out of it, but he was too weak, which allowed Danielson to kick his head in, reapply the label lock. Once again, now Garcia couldn't breathe. He went out, the referee called it, and sure. Brian Danielson gets the w but maybe Daniel Garcia stole our hearts. I mean, this must have gone around about 30 minutes, and if you just want to see two dudes flubbing each other up in the best possible way, you have to go and check this out. To the point, it doesn't just get an up, it gets to golden up. As expected, it looks like we're doing Jericho versus Danielson at the pay-per-view too, because after this, Chris ran to the ring, he started to beat Brian up, when Daniel Garcia stopped him, and yes, the fans all started chanting he's a wrestler so all of this was just awesome what the hell are we gonna do next we our glory we're then talking to private party and promised to give them a tag team title shot on rampage even though they're ranked number five and that is really weird when tony niece decided oh hey i'm gonna go to the ring <laughs> he got about four steps when john moxley just teleported in started to beat him up. This is when Mox demanded that CM Punk return, so he did. And this time, they got into such a crazy brawl that Wheeler, Yuta, and Cesaro, ah, damn it, Claudio, had to come out to separate them. And honestly, I don't know how we did this. It took around about 15 minutes of Total TV time to make this one of my favorite feuds I've seen in ages. It just feels so damn real. So you do have to throw another up in there because I now totally believe these two hate each other. What an absolute nerd I am. We then got more teasing about what could happen soon because we weren't backstage with 2.0 and Chris Jericho and Jericho was all like Daniel Garcia I shall give you the benefit of the doubt but next week you have to let me know where you stand This is one of my favourite wrestling tropes instead of finding the person (laughs) and saying to them Are we good bro? You're like no no Let's wait seven days and do it on TV. Ricky Steamboat then walked into the frame and was all like, oh my gosh, Garcia's a great wrestler. Brian Danielson would be a better mentor when Angelo Parker got right in his face. So Steamboat laid him out. You just knew it was going
1: to happen. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. Slash wrestling. We then
0: had an absolute whirlwind. Let's get into it. Because it was the Gun Club versus the Varsity Blondes, and no word of a lie, Austin and Colton must have won in about three seconds. I mean, they just jumped these two, Colton hit the 45, and he pinned him for the three. Now, maybe I'm just a massive geek, but I was stunned by that, actually going, as my jaw hit the floor, and right away, Daddy Billy got on the microphone, and he was all like, oh, my boys, I'm so proud of you. This is what I have wanted for ages. When Stokely Hathaway walked down the ramp, he gave some kind of sign to the guns, and they attacked their own father. This is why the Acclaimed ran out and they got rid of everybody, including Max Caster and Anthony Bones, don't care about what happened a few weeks ago, because they were called to scissor Billy Gunn. And all of this was done in about two minutes. I was like, what going on? However, I do absolutely love this. It just hit me right in the tum tum for some reason. And having Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed together just makes sense. I don't even know why, gig it up. However, as already stated, I am a massive nerd, I am a massive geek, and I'm a big fan of Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. So given that so many times we're watching Dynamite and random enhancement talent just turn up, I don't get why we couldn't do that here. Like I understand it's better for the guns to beat a name tag team, just seemed a little bit unfair. I mean, The whole point of this angle was to make us go, oh my gosh, they attacked daddy ass. I cannot believe what I've seen. I mean, we were past the match in around about 3.9 milliseconds. So I guess I'm just a fan of the Varsity And <laughs> This is throwing my toys out the pram. They do have that power and that little bit is getting it down. Seems like Jay Lethal, Sonjay Dutt and Satnam Singh still want the TNT title as we had a video with them. So, oh, we want the TNT title. When we were with the Death Triangle, and Pack was taking shots. Because he was all like, oh, I am the best British wrestler ever, which is obviously a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Will Ospreay. And next week, it is the Death Triangle versus the United Empire. And seriously, if that's not a match of the year candidate, well, it will be. So it is definitely going to be fire, as has Jungle Boy been recently. He came out for a promo and he was pretty pissed off. He started by saying he wasn't allowed to wear his Christian is a pussy t-shirt anymore, which makes all the sense in the world. But that doesn't change anything. Christian Cage is a piece of shib and he wants to have a match at all. Christian is such a moron. He then strolled out and was like, no, man, I don't want to do that. And even pretended that he wanted to get the band back together. Now, when you remember what Cage has said about Jungle Boy's family, Even I was facepalming. I was like, bro, you've got a serious problem. Thankfully, Boy knew about all of these games, so just as it looked like they were about to hug, he absolutely kicked the ship out of Christian. And even though at one point Cage was able to throw him into Barry Barricade, Jungle took his head, and was just repeatedly smashing it into simba the steel steps so much officials had to come out and be like jungle boy please stop." so what a good job we have done with jungley jim because if the whole point was to turn him into more of a badass and give him more attitude and ironically give him some more edge by teaming him and then splitting him up from christian it has worked let him win at the pay-per-view and i would say job well done should probably be a champion soon up Order and ftr were then cutting a promo and of course they too hate jay lethal satnam singh and sonjay dutt so they're gonna have a trios match at the pay-per-view but i also think they said next week it's gonna be dax versus jay lethal and given what we have seen from dax in 2022 that could be absolute <laughs> dynamite sorry we were really flying at this stage because clearly tony khan wanted to do everything on this show but we did get right into our next match Kylan King versus Tony Storm. We sold the fact that King is a powerhouse because she was kind of throwing Tony Storm around to begin with and gave her this massive knee off the top rope. And of course, as soon as Tony got back into this, she was dishing up DDTs on the inside. She was dishing up DDTs on the outside. And I tell you this, I respect her dedication to that move. You love to see it. It didn't work here, though, because King soon reversed all that and threw Storm into Barry Barricade. Although when she went for a German suplex, Tony was able to reverse it into this pretty cool crossbody. Someone followed that up instantly with a German suplex, but then King came back with a spine buster for a near four. that stage I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Kinda of felt like Tony was gonna win for obvious reasons, doing the other way would have made no sense. So after she had hit what I think we're calling the Sweet Cheeks music, which is the running hip attack in the corner, she hit one final DDT, DDTs for life, and she got the one, two, three. And yes, the whole time, we saw Thunder Rosa watching on from the back. This is going to be our pay-per-view match. But for some reason, I still think Brick Baker is going to be added into it. Based on nothing that, this was good. And then, well... Who wasn't looking forward to this? Because our main event was Andrade Roosh and Dragon Lee versus the Young Bucks and a mystery partner. And as soon as the Jacksons got to the ring, they passed a note to announcer Justin Roberts. He started reading it. It was quite obvious this was the return of Kenny Omega. The fans went absolutely crazy. So did I, even though I'm in a house all by myself. The cleaner is back. Honestly, number one, I've missed him so much. And number two, he is just a star. He walked out there and it felt pretty good. He was with Don Callis and Michael Nakazawa too. And we are telling the story here that Kenny may not be 100%. That's probably why he was wearing a compression vest. But seriously, if this is Kenny Omega, not 100%, he is still better than like 94, 5% of all other wrestlers. Otherwise, this was just absolutely stupid. I mean, Dragon Lee and Nick Jackson did some stuff. And I was trying to work it out like maths because it made no sense. Then it was the same with Kenny Omega and Matt Jackson got in there too. And it's just so smooth. And they just do all of moves and I don't understand it. I mean, there was just so much triple team magic which made it even more fun. Especially because this was a trio's title tournament match. And after Jose had cast some distraction, we did get down to Andrade versus Kenny Omega. And as Excalibur reminded us, oh, the history between these two... True. Eventually, we did build to the hot deck for Nick Jackson, though, and once again, he's not human, my friends. He's some weird alien that has come down to this planet and finds his wrestling power from the sun. I mean, he just moved so fast and he was doing so many flips. Matt is a damn hero because he then got in and was just hitting everybody with Northern Light suplex. So this was so entertaining and the amount of simultaneous moves we got here. I mean, we had a three-way dropkick, we had a three-way suplex. If there was anything that you could do with the other two teammates, that's what we would do. And while we have seen trios matches in AEW before, this kind of felt like it played into it more, which makes all the sense in the world because now we got Titans. You owe it to yourself too to go and see the Omega hot tag because this place came unglued, like they've just been told they're going to get free pizza and ice cream for the rest of their days. And there was this really cool bit where we did focus on Kenny's injuries because he was going for a dive, he wasn't able to do it, his legs went out. And then when he went for it again, Jose, that damn asshole grabbed his leg and he got pulled out of the ring. Now you may be thinking, oh well, it's Kenny Omega's first day back on the job. I'm sure he wants to take it easy. But he was placed on Barry Barricade and (laughs) he did this dive, which essentially sent them both flying off into the crowd. So please listen to me right now. Even if you don't want to watch anything else from this dynamite, go and watch this spot. You will shake your head forever. He also took out Nick with a Hurricane hurricanrana because why not? And it did actually like Andrade had this one where Nick pushed Rush into the big pile. This is when Omega was back in. He started smacking everybody with V-triggers. He hit the one-wing angel onto Dragon Lee. He got the one, two, three. All of this was just fantastic. It's so good that he's back. It also means the Bucks and Kenny do move on to the next round of the tournament. And ultimately, they should probably become the champs. This really would have been enough too, but then just as Dynamite was going off air, Andrade grabbed Dragon Lee and he gave him the Hammerlock DDT. Now look, I appreciate that we tried to end this on a cliffhanger, but it came and went so quickly, it basically had no meaning. Although I guess we have to see what's going to happen. I am not moaning though, because this was such a great main event. and When Dynamite did go off the air, I was happy, especially, and I'm not kidding here, before this, when Excalibur was doing his, oh my gosh, we've got this, oh my gosh, we got that. and words just coming out of his mouth, he also dropped in that next week on Dynamite it is Mox versus Punk, title versus title. So what the flub is going on? Because everybody told us that was happening at the pay-per-view. There is a disturbance in the force. So maybe it means when we get to All Out, it is going to be Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk. But also, how do you get out of this match? So, this Dynamite... Absolutely kicked ass. It has me on tenterhooks. It is getting it up.